The best mita is to keep quiet. Silence is healthier than a diet. A man's job is to behave like he's mute. Avoiding lush and hora is a lifelong pursuit. And uh, so I am finally on to a new chapter of Shmira Lushan, now in Shar Hatavuna. And uh, Shar Hatavuna begins with um, Perak Aleph, the first, the first chapter. So um, the Lushan Hora, the Sefer Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz Chaim writes um, in this first chapter, he begins by quoting Chulin 89a, where Rabbi Yitzchak Darshan's uh, explains a pasuk in Tehillim that says, "Is there silence? Is there ha'uman, ha'umnan? Uh, is there silence when you should be speaking justice, um, and you should judge others with uh, with fairness?" So how is this explained? So umnan, um, which is being used here to explain, is a, I guess a word for silence. But Rabbi Yitzchak also says umnan is like the word uman, which means a job. So what does the um the, so so Rabbi Yitzchak says that because silence the word that is being used for silence is umnan, it has kind of a double meaning that um that Rabbi Yitzchak says in Chulin that a person's it's a person what is a person's job in this world it's to behave as if they were a mute as if they were silent why is a person's job to be silent, what what kind of job is that? You know, you think about what is a job. Normally, you would think a job is a mailman, is you know a doctor, is uh, an accountant, you know whatever you would think of, that's what a job is. So it's a person's job to become mute. That's kind of a strange thing. So why is a person's job to become as act as if they were mute? So a few different answers are given. That Sefer Chavetz first answer um, is that uh, an inexperienced craftsman will have a lot of difficulty even doing a simple task, even building something simple. So you give a craftsman that has never first day on the job a, a, a job, and they're going to have a lot of trouble. For example, I just started uh, my job as a lawyer at, at a law firm, and, and obviously you're, you know, as an exper- extremely inexperienced lawyer, even the most simple of tasks can be quite difficult, and uh, you don't know how to do them without proper training. So I'm experiencing that myself right now. However, an expert, an expert lawyer, an expert craftsman, they can even build something that's very complicated very easily. They've done, they know the ropes, they know how to do it. So, so is tr- so the same is true for, for Lashon Hora and for silence, that silence may see, seem like something so easy from the outside. It may seem like, oh, you're just building, you know, a, a tiny little, you know, you're just working on a tiny meter to stay silent, close your mouth. That's such an easy thing to do. The Chavetz Chaim says that's actually not true that if you only attempt to be silent in order to stop yourself from speaking Lashon Hora, but on the other hand, when it comes to other useless conversations that are not necessarily Lashon Hora, just not useful, you're easily, you know, your words flow like water, then so too you're going to come to fail even in Lashon Hora. So the Chavetz Chaim says that it's just like that person, that inexperienced craftsman that's not used to building something new, he's going to have a lot of trouble when he's given even the simplest of task, tasks. And so is true with Lashon Hora, that if you have no experience being silent, if you have no experience avoiding Lashon Hora, and you freely speak in all other things, then it's going to be very difficult for you to be silent and avoid speaking Lashon Hora. However, a skilled craftsman, if once silence becomes second nature, once you, 
you're you're used to the, the laws of Lush and Hora, you're used to being silent generally, and silence is your default, then you're going to easily be able to control yourself in speaking Lush and Hora. And so it's true, it, kind of that, that, that comparison to if you're an experienced craftsman, you can easily avoid, you know, you can easily build something even if it's difficult. So, so too, even when you're faced with a very difficult instance for, to avoid Lush and Hora, if silence it comes to you by second nature, then it'll be very easy for you. Now, um, the Chavetz Chaim explains, what is Yira? What is fear of heaven? So the Chavetz Chaim says that the best way to understand this is uh, a mute, a person that, you know, can't unfortunately listen or hear and can't understand things and, and uh, doesn't have the abilities of, of hearing, of listening, etc. And all the doctors in the town have no cure to cure his the fact that he's mute. However, there's this one doctor that comes along and fixes his muteness for free. And now all of a sudden he can hear. So this person that can now hear that was fixed for free, he would love this doctor. He'd feel in, forever indebted to this particular doctor. He would never speak negatively against the doctor. He'd feel so indebted. He would never do anything against what the doctor wants him to do. So the Chavetz Chaim says, Hashem is like that doctor for us, that if we're born with the ability to speak, that must be Hashem just gave it that to us for free. So we should feel and never, you know, we should feel forever indebted to God for giving us the ability to speak. And as a result, we should never speak anything against God. We should never speak Lush and Hora. We should never speak things that are repugnant to God um, because that's contrary to Hashem's will. So just like that person who the doctor fixed, he would never speak bad about the doctor. He's so indebted to the doctor. So too, we should feel so indebted to God for giving us the ability to listen and to hear and to speak and gave it, he gave that to us for free, that we should never use our words in a way that's contrary to the, to the way that, that God himself would have done it for us. And so too, I think you could extend, even though the Chavit Chaim doesn't say this, I think you could extend this to all parts of our life, uh, that uh, any body part that we have, any ability that we have, we should view it as really a, you know, if we didn't have that ability and then a doctor came along and fixed that for us, we'd inevitably, we would feel forever indebted to that particular person for fixing it. So too, for, you know, if we just automatically have it because we were born that way, we shouldn't take that for granted. We should understand that that's a gift from God and we shouldn't use that in a way that's contrary to how God would have wanted us to use it, which is definitely a a uh, tremendous thing to think about consciously that, you know, we have all these things for free. And if we didn't have that for free, we'd feel forever indebted um, to that particular doctor or something that fixed us. So given that we have this ability without a doctor, we should feel, you know, indebted to, to God himself for, for giving us that ability. And, and you only use those skills and those assets, uh, um, you know, and, and and those abilities in the in the way that God would have wanted us to. Um, now the Chavetz Chaim says that, um, uh, additionally that, you know, if we spoke negatively about something, it really should be that God would take away our speech, that God gave us our speech. So it should be that if we use it for Lash and Hora, God should take away our speech. And the fact that he doesn't, that means that we should, that's how we should act as if we were mute because, um, uh, you know, that basically we should be mute because we've spoken so much lush and horror that God should have taken us, taken our ability to speak away from us because we've abused it. Nonetheless, even though we've abused it, we can still speak. So because of God's tremendous rahmanas and, you know, compassion for us, 
we should be almost more forever indebted because we've abused our ability, our, our words. And nonetheless, we still have that ability to speak. We should be even more appreciative of, of it because we really don't deserve it since uh, because of all the lush and horror that, we speak, that we've spoken. Now, the Chavetz Chaim says that we should behave like you're mute. And what's the suggestion? What's the Havamina here? What, what did you think at first? Would you have thought that you should even behave that you're mute in Torah? How is that possible? That, you know, in speaking Torah, that's the whole point of why we have words, the Chavetz Chaim says. So why would you think that maybe we should be mute in Torah? The Chavetz Chaim says that um, you might think that you should be mute even in Torah because when you learn with a group, it might be that eventually that group, your your Chavrusa, will turn to Lashon Hora and that group will turn from speaking Torah into speaking Lashon Hora. So maybe it's better just to just to learn on your own, just to learn solitarily in Torah and not not speak to a group. Um, so the, that's why the Pasuk continues and says you should behave like you're mute, but also, the, however, you should say it's sedek to dabirun, that you should speak justice. And what does it mean to speak justice? That means you should learn in a group. Um, because even though learning alone is good in that no lush and horror will ever be spoken, however, you won't be challenged in learning. So in order to be challenged in learning, you have to have a chavrusa. Sure, that runs the chance that runs the risk of you speaking Lashon Hora with that Chavrusa, but it's better that you run that risk and you know just try to avoid Lashon Hora than not to be challenged when learning. Ch- being challenged when learning, having that Chavrusa, having that pushback is an integral part of learning, and learning on your own is just not good enough. Um, so it's important that even though we run the risk of Lashon Hora when learning with someone else, it's better that we have that risk and learn with a group anyways, because learning you know, being challenged and learning with with a chavrusa is tremendously important. Um, and then the then the pasuk continues and says, maybe you'll become haughty by learning. How is it that you're going to become haughty? Um, so the Chavetz Chaim says that uh, that perhaps you'll become haughty because uh, your chavrusa, if your chavrusa laps into lashon hora and starts speaking lashon hora, you're going to think you're better than him. You're going to think, well, gosh, I'm learning Torah. And this guy that I'm learning with, he's speaking bad things. So I must be better than him. So, and you're going to be haughty because of that thought. So the Chavetz Chaim says, then that's why the Pasuk says you should judge with fairness. Because maybe that person that you're learning with doesn't know the laws of Lashon Hora, isn't, in, isn't uh, attuned to just how important avoiding Lashon Hora is. Maybe he's naive and ignorant, and therefore we should judge him favorably and not, not think that we're so much better than him just because he speaks Lashon Hora and we're not when learning Torah. Now, the Chavetz Chaim also says, what is this? Uh, well, first he says, by prayer also. By prayer, even though we run the risk of davening with a minion, it might come to be that that minion speaks Lashon Hora. Nonetheless, being with a minion is so important that we should still daven with a minion, even though it runs the risk of Lashon Hora. Now, the Chavetz Chaim explains, what is an Adam Shalim, a complete person? How do you become a complete person? So the Chavetz Chaim says in worldly matters and things that just, you know, uh, shopping for things and talking to people about what meal you're going to eat next and, and worldly things. In, in cases like that, you should be act as if you're mute, act as if, you know, you really even in things that you could say, you really don't say unless you absolutely need to. However, on the other hand, in the opposite fashion, when it comes to learning Torah, you should use all your verbal resources to learn. So in Adam Shalim's able to 
kind of balance these two contradictory things. On one hand, he's completely silent, or nearly his default is silence when it comes to worldly matters. However, when it comes to Torah matters, his default is to speak, is to use his verbal resources. That's why we're given words. Um, however, even when using your verbal resources to learn Torah, we should still guard against that risk of possibly coming to speak Lashon Hora. Okay, so moving to uh, Perak Bet, the second chapter. So the Chavetz Chaim says, an additional meaning possibly of why um, of why our job is to be silent, is to be like we're mute, is because a person that has an occupation, their occupation, they're constantly developing their knowledge and their skills. So in order to be a shoemaker, you all, you have consistently have to learn the newest shoemaking technology. In order to be like I am a data privacy lawyer, you have to keep you know, abreast of all the different uh, privacy knowledge and all the different laws that are coming out. So you always have to be learning. So too for speech, that you might think, um, you know, that uh, someone that's very good at, you know, that, that okay, I've learned the, Lush and, the laws of Lush and Hora once, that's good enough. Or you might think the opposite, uh, kind of a, you, you might also think, well, it's better that I don't have to learn the laws of Lush and Hora and I'll just be quiet. Uh, I'll just be mute the whole time. Heck with Lush and Hora, you know. I, 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 as long as I don't never speak another word in my life, I won't have to think about Lush and Hora. But he says, that's not true. You could, you know, a, a career, you don't say, forget about it. I'm never going to learn all these things. It just will, will give up. No, um, you, in order to do your job, you have to learn things. You have to develop your expertise. So too for Lush and Hora, you shouldn't just be silent your whole life. No, you should speak. You should just know the boundaries. And there are certain times that you actually should speak and you must you know, it's important that you learn just like an occupation. You have to constantly be learning new things. So too, for Lush and Hora, you have to constantly be learning new things. The Chavetz Chaim says, don't say, you know, I trained myself enough, enough in Lush and Hora and forget about it. That's all I need to know. No, the Chavetz Chaim says it's a lifetime occupation that throughout your entire life, you have to constantly be working on yourself on how to strengthen um, your your ability to only speak good things and avoid Lush and Hora. So the Vilna Gon says, until death, you have to restrict yourself from, you should, you should work on restricting yourself. And the, and the Vilna Gon says, that's not through fasting. That's not through not eating and drinking. Rather, that's through words. That if you're able to restrict yourself through words, that is a tremendous ability and even more important than restricting yourself in other means like fasting. In Mishlei, it says it's a mitzvah. A mitzvah is considered a nair, is a candle. And Torah is even brighter, is even a, an illumination. But the ultimate path for life is musar, is, is self-discipline in speech. And the Chavetz Chaim says, um, the best fast is uh, is speech. And it's why is it better? Why is fa- a fast in speech? Why is basically avoiding speech better than avoiding eating or drinking? Because the Chavetz Chaim says, eating and, not eating and drinking comes with some risk. Not eating and drinking makes a person very weak. And potentially they're going to come to harm themselves by being so hungry. However, not speaking, that doesn't, that has no inherent harm. That's not going to harm you. Eating and, by avoiding speech, that's just going to strengthen your ability to avoid Lush and Hora, but it's not going to hurt you in any real way. Um, however, not eating or drinking, that may, you know, while that has benefits, it also may have some harms. The, in Mishlei, there's a Pusik in Mishlei that says, Hamavas b'chaim b'yad Lashon. The life and death are in, that life and death reside, reside in, um, in the hand of speech, in your speech. Why is this? Why is life and death dependent on speech? Um, because the Chavetz Chaim says that um, that you could stand far away. You could be somewhere very, very far away. 
And nonetheless, your words could come to harm someone that's in totally a different location, which even a weapon can only harm someone if you're in close range. So you can only harm a person close range with your mouth. How, you know, sorry, with a, with a weapon, but even just speaking something far, far away in a different country could still harm someone uh, with your words. And, and the Chavetz Chaim was obviously living before the times of the internet, before the times of, um, of you know, the, the, the media and social media, etc. And, you know, we look today at, for example, the recent, uh, you know, with the um, war with Hamas, that the media publicly, you know, publicized a tremendous amount that um, that Israel attacked, you know, this this hospital in Gaza and killed 500 people, and that of course was totally erroneous. They didn't really kill hardly anywhere near that amount, and it was just a um, one of their own bombs that landed in a parking lot, not even in the hospital. It was totally misreported. Nonetheless, the fact that it was misreported that spurred all of these, you know, rebellions in a bunch of different countries, and that was just from something that was. That was not a nuclear bomb that was dropped. That was no, you know, nuclear bombs can only affect the area that they're dropped in. It wasn't, it was that, that report, those erroneous reports, that Lushen Hora had a tremendous effect on everyone, on all different communities and everywhere, because, and, and this proves really the, the Chavetz Chaim's point, that the Chavetz Chaim says that speech can even have an effect far, far away in many countries over, that speech can spread much faster and much more kind of painfully and much has a much wider reach than even weapons. Um, okay, so then um, also he says, woe to the person that kills himself by bad speech, that you can really cause tremendous damage, even you know suicide in a way, by speaking negatively. In Pirkei Avod it says, I've lived amongst the sages and I've found no more beneficial character trait than shtika, than silence. And even a completely so even if you know the the sages who are completely spiritual they only speak torah even if they value silence kovachomer us who are not such sages who don't only speak in words of torah and we certainly should be careful about silence because even if if they're careful about silence and they all they do is speak torah all the more so us we should be careful Silence protects against flattery, manipulation, lashon hora, lies, curses, all these different things. And if you hear an insult, um, you should be silent. Why should you be silent in the face of the ins- in face of an insult? Because if you respond, very often time that person who insulted you will double down and say something even worse to you. So it's better just to be silent from the beginning. Now the Chavetz Chaim says we have two eyes, two ears, two nostrils. However, we only have one mouth. That must be because our one mouth is. It should be that we should speak less uh, than we listen, than we see, etc. We should do more obser- observation and less active speaking. And if silence is good for the Chachamim, then all the more so it's good for the fool. And um, there's a Pasuk that says, fool's mouths will tri- a fool's mouth will trip him. Uh, it's better to be told, speak, why are you so quiet, than, uh, than to be asked to stop speaking. And um, in Micha, it says that you should guard your mouth, even from your wife, even to the, the relationship that's closest to you, your own wife. Um, and it, it's sort of uh, your mouth here, it says you should guard the entrance of your mouth. It sounds like a door. The Chavetz Chaim says, just like a door, uh, your front door, there's a time to open the door, but most of the time your door is shut and it's locked. So too, your mouth should, most of the time, there are times that you should open your mouth, but most of the time your mouth should be shut. And the Chavetz Chaim concludes this chapter by saying, 
if you have gold, silver, jewels, all these precious metals, you're going to see it. You're going to keep that in a safe in the most quiet, protected inner, inner, inner room of your of your house, or maybe even underground. So too your mouth. Your mouth is even more valuable than gold and silver and jewels. So all the more so, you should keep that extremely protected. How do you keep it protected? Through being silent. Okay. So to recap, what I spoke about. This is again the beginning now of Shar Hatvuna. Um, in Shemir Alashan. So the Chavetz Chaim begins in Perak Aleph by quoting Chulin that says, Rabbi Yitzchak says, uh, un, or explains this Pasuk in Tehillim that says, is there silence, is there um, ha'umnam when you should be speaking justice and is in, and judge others with fairness? So as I said, umnan, which is silence here, is similar to um, a job, the word uman. So you should behave uh, Rabbi Yitzchak understands this pasuk to say, "You should your job is to be like you're silent, is to act as if you are mute." Why is a job compared to silence? You know, it's, it seems like a job is normally a mailman, a doctor, something like that. So how is it that your job is to be silent? That's not a job. So the Chavetz Chaim says that explains this by saying, just like how a craftsman, an experienced, a, a very experienced craftsman will easily build something that's complicated. However, an inexperienced craftsman will have tremendous difficulty even building something simple. So too, for silence, that if a person is unaccustomed to being silent, they'll have a tremendous amount of difficulty, even if it might look easy. In reality, they'll have a tremendous amount of difficulty remaining silent when they're tempted by speaking Lush and Hora. However, someone that is their default, it's second nature for them to be silent, it'll be very easy for them, for them to control themselves in times of Lush and Hora. Um, now, what is the definition of yira, of, of being a God-fearing Jew? So the Chavetz Chaim explains that if a person, let's say, is mute, all the doctors of the town can't cure them, and all of a sudden this doctor comes along and cures this person of being mute for free. So that person is forever indebted to this doctor, and any words he says would forever, you know, be, he would never insult the doctor, he would only compliment the doctor. So too, for us, that we don't even need a doctor to be able to speak, God just automatically gave us this ability to speak for free. So so all the more so we in our relationship to God, our words should be only in line with how God would have wanted them to. God gave us the mouth to speak. So you're in, in so just like how that person who was cured by that doctor, he'd be forever indebted to the doctor. So too we are forever indebted to God for allowing us to find, you know, the words that we need to speak. And I think you could even though Chavetz Chaim doesn't say this, you could even say this by all of our body parts and all of our abilities and skills, that we were given those skills and we were given those body parts so for free, so we should feel forever indebted uh, to use them in, in only the correct way. Um, and also the Chavetz Chaim says that if we abuse those things, really the truth is God should take away our ability to speak. If we speak Lush and Hora, God should take that ability away from us. So because God is so compassionate and allows us to speak, even though we've already spoken Lush and Hora and abused our mouths. Nonetheless, so we should feel even more indebted um, to God for allowing us to continue speaking. Now, the Chavetz Chaim says that we should um, behave like we're mute, even in Torah. Uh, so what does that mean? Um, that, you know, how should, would we ever have thought that we should behave like we're mute when we're learning Torah? So the Chavetz Chaim says that no, that when we learn Torah, of course, we're, there's two ways to learn Torah. You could either learn alone by yourself or with a group. So learning alone has, of course, the benefit of not speaking Lush and Hora, not coming to speak Lush and Hora. However, 
the drawback of learning alone is that you'll never be challenged, that a chavrusa challenges you and makes you sharper. So the so that's why the Pasa continues and says, Sedek Tadabirum, that you should speak justice. So meaning you should speak Torah. So even though you run the risk of learning with people, of learning with Chavrusa, you might come to speak Lush and Hora, if we nonetheless should still learn with the Chavrusa because that allows us to be challenged and grow in our Torah learning. Um so we should not learn by ourselves. The same is true with prayer, that even though praying with a minion might come, that minion might come to speak Lashon Hora, nonetheless, it's better to learn with a minion, or pray with a minion, even though we might come to speak Lashon Hora. Um, then the Chavetz Chaim says, what is this Adam Shalim, a complete person? So the Chavetz Chaim says an Adam Shalim is kind of contradictory. On one hand, a complete person in worldly matters, and you know, what meal he's going to eat next, is mostly silent, keeps quiet. And, and doesn't use his mouth so much. However, when it comes to Torah, the exact opposite is true. This Adam Shalim is able to use all of his verbal resources and all of his strength in words to speak words of Torah. However, when speaking those words of Torah, he should be careful to warn against turning to Lashon Hora. Now, why might you, the, the sages say, you might become haughty when you're learning Torah with a group? Why is that? Because if your Chavrusa lapses into Lashon Hora, you're going to say, well, I'm so much better than the person I'm learning with. I'm so much holier than the person I'm learning with that they're speaking Lashon Hora. So the Chavetz Chaim says that's why the Pasuk says, no, you should judge with fairness because maybe that person is ignorant of the laws of Lashon Hora and you should judge them with fairness that maybe they just didn't know that what they're saying is wrong and you shouldn't think that you're better than them. Now in um, in uh, in, in uh, Bet, the Chavetz Chaim continues in the second chapter that the an additional way to understand of why your job why an why your occupation should be learning to be mute is that an occupation requires knowledge, requires skills, requires developing yourself and your abilities. So too for speech. That for speech, we might think, well, I don't need any skills for speech. I just won't speak at all. I'll just be completely silent. No, that's not true. That you wouldn't say that by a job. You wouldn't say, well, since I need to learn how to, you know, what the market rate is for all the different items in my store, I forget about it. I'm not even going to open my store. No, you need to open your store. So too, you need to be able to speak. You need to be able to understand how to say, you know, words. And therefore, we must learn the laws of Lush and Hora. We can't just avoid learning the laws of Lush and Hora. We have to comp- continue to develop ourselves. And don't say that, well, I just trained myself enough in Lush and Hora, I'm good. No, it's actually a lifetime occupation. It's a lifetime of learning how to avoid Lush and Hora in every different instance of life. The Vilna Gon says, until death, you should restrict yourself and restrict yourself not in fasting, not in food and drink, but rather restrict yourself in words. In Mishle, it says a mitzvah is a nair, is a candle, and Torah is illumination, an even greater candle, an even greater light. However, the path for life is musr, is discipline in your speech. And the Chavetz Chaim explains the best kind of fast is not a, is a fast of speech, is avoiding uh, useless speech. It's, it's better... And, and avoiding useless speech is even better than than not eating or drinking. Why? Because eating and drinking makes a person weak, and that may be dangerous. However, avoiding speech, uh, useless speech, is never going to make you weak. In Mishle, it says, Maves v'chayim biyad lashon, that life and death is in the hands of your tongue, so to speak. And what does this mean? That, um, that uh, a, a person can speak words of Lashon Hora and destroy someone very, very far away. However, in contrast, a weapon 
can only destroy someone at close range. So I spoke about how, you know, the recent reports of the hospital, um, the hospital being, you know, 500 people dying in the, in, in, in the Gaza hospital, all those reports were completely shekher, were 100% false. Nonetheless, they were reported. And those reports had global impact that globally people hated Israel for the fact that they, quote unquote, you know, destroyed this hospital, even though it wasn't true. And so your words have tremendous power, even above and beyond, you know, when an atom bomb has, uh, has power. Um, that as destructive as an atomic bomb is, words have the ability to even hurt people that are not even in that area. They have hurt words to affect people even far, far away. Um, and woe to the person that kills himself by speaking by, badly. In Pirkei Avot says that I've learned amongst the Chachamim, amongst the sages, and there's nothing more beneficial than silence. So even the Chavetz Chaim says that we see that even the Chachamim, even the people that spoke Torah all day long, even they were silent most of the time. So too for us that we don't speak Torah all the time. We're not as in tune with spiritual things. So too for us, silence is even more important. Silence protects us from flattery, manipulation, lush and horror, lies, curses, a bunch of things. And if you hear an insult, it's best to be silent. Why? Because very oftentimes the response that you say will ultimately come to even a worse insult. Now, the Chavetz Chaim says we have two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, but only one mouth. So um, the fact we only have one mouth is kind of proof for the fact that we should speak less, uh, except for words of Torah. Now, if silence is good for the Chachamim, it's definitely going to be good for the fool, because a fool's mouth will, tra- will trip him. And it's better to be told when you're in a group, speak, why are you being so quiet, than it is to be asked to stop talking. In Micha, it says you should guard your mouth the, the entrance of your mouth, even from your wife. And the entrance of your mouth sounds like a door. Uh, just like your front door, the Chavetz Chaim says, just like your front door, um, you know, has certain times to be open, but most of the time your door is locked, is closed. So too, your mouth should also mostly be closed, except for those small instances where it should be open. If you have gold, silver, silver jewels, you're going to build the, 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 you know, the most strong safe and you're going to put it in the most inner room that you have to protect it, um, to protect those gold, silver, and jewels. And so too, our mouths, which house even something more important, our words are even more valuable than gold, silver, and jewels. So all the more so, we should protect our words. How do you protect our words? Via silence. Okay, so with that, I'll read my poem. The best mita is to keep quiet. Silence is healthier than a diet. A man's job is to behave like he's mute. Avoiding lush and hora is a lifetime is a lifelong pursuit. And with that, this has been uh, uh, the first and second chapter of Shmir Lashan Shar Hatavuna. And uh, with that, l'chaim l'chaim.